Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome back to Stories That Inspire. I'm back here with Carson again. Carson, how are you doing? I'm doing swell today, Patrick. A how swell, are you? A swell time. Yeah. First swell guy. Yeah, Aww. pretty swell guy. That was so sweet. <laughs> how was your break, Carson? It was much needed for sure. Yeah, I uh, think so too. It's actually pretty different than like my normal breaks just because like normally we always go somewhere. But since both me and my brother are now in college, my mm-hmm. parents were like, we just want you guys home. So we just hung out, got to spend time with all my family again for the first time in a while. So it was pretty good. How about yours? Um, it was pretty good. Um, went to the Hawaiian Islands. So that was, ah. a, that was a fun time, fun time. Um, one of the coolest places I've ever been, straight up. Got a lot of reading done. Um, a lot of stuff that I needed to do. What so. Santa bring you? What did Santa? <laughs> well, I, I have to deal with a lot of the Santa deniers around the holiday, so you know it's a it's a hard time for me personally. But you know, a lot of books, clothes, different stuff like that. Nice. Anything good? Um, what did I get? I, I think the big thing I got was definitely my new phone. I've been asking for that for a while, so Santa came through there. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I feel like uh, the Santa deniers are, are always the worst around the holidays. Oh, they are. See, because like in July, you'll get some of them because you know Christmas in July. Yeah. But like it's you know it's and never as bad as around the, the strangest holidays. thing about them too is that like you're supposed to be in the holiday spirit around Christmas time. Yeah, that's and what I'm they saying. They are just like Scrooges walking around. Yeah, but they'll like see gifts under the tree and they'll be like, oh, it must have been the wind. Like, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. <sighs> but enough about our little holiday break, everybody. So this is uh, the stories that inspire. Unless you're in the wrong place, then I recommend you probably get out of here. But, uh, but yeah, so we're going to be talking a little bit more about stories today. And I, we decided to bring in our, uh, our good friend Maddie here. Maddie, say hi to the people. Hello. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Maddie's a natural. She's already got it. Yeah, I know. She's got the talent. Might have to bring her in next week, too. <laughs> a third co-host. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, I don't know. Maddie's part of the, the cult of the Smith Scholars, so that's always a good time. Um, Carson, how did you meet Maddie? Uh, I would say, like, because you weren't in our classic lit class, no. so definitely, like, noticed through philosophy, but I'd say with Patrick and Jack, who was on here earlier, and pretty much all my friends through the program, really like getting to know people at the retreat that we had, just like kind of being forced to hang out with each other, but Mm -hmm. getting to know people through that. And then, you know, we spent a couple like Friday nights hanging out and stuff like that, so yeah. Yeah, I really met Maddie more through Mallory than anybody else, Mm -hmm. because I met Mallory and then I guess I just kind of started talking to Maddie. We're like, yeah, we're cool. Maddie's, Maddie's all right. She's fine, I guess, but she's not terrible. I mean, oh, I'm glad to know that. Yeah, yeah, I, I would be glad too. That's high praise. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty simple stuff, I guess. Um, but yeah, so Maddie, we wanted to bring you on because I thought you had a really cool story um, for this week. So tell the people about what you brought. Okay, so I wanted to talk about The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. So this is the book, right? Yes. Okay. I've watched, like, the first season of the show, but I read the book first before I started watching it. See, that's my mom speaks high praise about the show and the book. She really mm-hmm. likes it. So mm-hmm. I, the, this is a little bit unrelated, but I did have to read the book um, for, for a report that I was doing, um, and I ended up, like, buying the audio book or whatever, and I, we had an like a 10-hour car ride back from Florida. Um, so I put in some headphones and started going, and then I decided that, you know, the first hour was probably enough to write the report. Um, it was not. Not. No. <laughs> not at all. I got a beat. I'll take it. I didn't read 80% of the book. I feel like that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so next week I kind of wanted to ask you, what are some, uh, some moments that uh, stuck with you from the book, um, or why do you think that these moments uh, – 
that were special to you have stood out for so long? Okay. Um, well, it's been a little bit since I read it, but not like super long, but I read it last year for my AP Lit class. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess, sorry, I have to think about it a little bit. Take your time. Um, all good. <laughs> We want thought-provoking answers, so. Yeah, we, we, mm. we, we aspire for thought-provoking answers when it's starting to inspire. Um, I guess the feeling of, like, the main character not being able to get out of the situation that she's in and, like, feeling really helpless. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that kind of a story. I agree. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of a time when that was very relevant to me, too. You got anything, Carson? Uh... Not off the top of my head, but nothing really. I don't, I mean, I've never been like, felt like powerless in a situation before, something that's been out of my control or anything like that. Um, I mean, for me, I guess, I don't know. I've dealt, I've dealt with some grief in the past. So I feel like grief is something that you can't really Mm -hmm. control um, that well. But, but yeah, I mean, I feel like definitely a lot of people oh. can relate to that feeling of powerlessness. Um, well, if we're talking about emotions, I would say like stress, like real, like just anything that ca- that shouldn't cause stress, I feel like causes stress for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like for me, definitely like school and stress are like tied together. So yeah. like there are times when, you know, I'm taking 18 hours a semester and like I have a homework assignment or a test for every single class that stress starts to weigh you down and you kind of feel like you're just sinking into that hole. I definitely agree with that for sure because for those of you out there who don't know, I haven't talked about this yet, um, but for my schedule this this semester, I have one class on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and then I have four on Tuesday, Thursdays. <laughs> so it's it's a long story about how it got scheduled that way, but there it's specific credits I needed and I couldn't get into any other sessions, so I basically had to suck it up and do it. But the point is of what I'm saying is that stress builds up in a lot of different situations, and I, you, I guess you can feel pretty powerless in situations mm-hmm. unless you try and take control of them yourself. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think is the main, or kind of one of yeah. the main messages. Yeah, I, I would say probably that's one of the main messages, just because there's all this power that's happening in Gilead. Like, all these men have this power, but the women can't do anything about it. They're either handmaids, they're supposed to have children, or they're sent to the colonies and they have to work. For the rest of their lives until they die. Gilead's supposed to be like the the United States, right? Like it got yeah. taken over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it's good. It's good. Um, and then I wanted to ask as well: um, Do you have a character or like multiple characters um, in the novel that you greatly relate to um, in the story, and why do you think you relate to them or want to like embody that character in your day to day life? Mm. Um. I probably would say the main character, Alfred. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think why. Well, I guess because she lost like her family. She lost her husband. She couldn't see her husband anymore. She got torn away from her child. And now she's seen as an object of the society. And I feel like I can almost relate to that in a way because of how our society is now with everything going on and then just like being away from like her husband and her child is also a big thing because like I've gone through losing my grandma and then um, just like my little brother like being away from him because he has Down syndrome so it's very hard being away from him 
while I'm at school. And then I'm a twin, so that also like factors into that, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely dealt with, I mean, um, a lot of the same things during the beginning of college. Oh yeah, for sure. I had a really hard time with transitioning for it. Like the first month was so hard for me. I don't know if you guys um, felt the same, but I mean like, mm-hmm. I had just like gotten through a breakup or like literally just had a breakup and then came to school like three days later and then um, and then, you know, leaving my family behind for the first time. And, you know, I think it's a lot different for um, older kids as well. I don't know. Are you the oldest in your family? No, I'm the second oldest. Okay, but you get where I'm coming from. I think it's harder the older you are because you don't Mm -hmm. really have that like example that it's like, ah, it's going to work out. Right. Not to devalue it, Carson, because I know (laughs) you're the younger sibling. For my experience with that, like, I think that when my brother, my brother's two years older than me, so he's a junior mm-hmm. in college, he goes to a school, a school named Bellarmine back home in Louisville. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's gone for two years, and while he's gone, like, I am, he's checking in. He also comes home. He's not that far away. Yeah. But I think where it kind of, like, changed my perspective is that a lot of my parents' like effort towards both of us started to just shift towards me because my other my their other child is outside of the house now and so like I was kind of ready like I want some of my own like time like you know privacy stuff like that so I was really looking forward to like moving into my own room and like just having that independence but when I got here definitely like the first couple weeks like realizing I don't have like my parents like watching over me at this point like I kind of am like on my own in an essence so like just like that from going from my parents always like being with me and looking over me to like not anymore it's like a complete 180. Yeah I think that's one of the hardest things about the transition to school is that you don't have somebody always watching your back like yeah. for me the the biggest example of this comes from Blaine and I still hate Blaine that he does this but <laughs> but so I Blaine if you're listening I do love you still I, even if I pretend to sometimes. Everyone loves Blaine. That's true most people do. Um, but like, I'll, you know, I'll set an alarm for class or whatever. And I was, I was late for class one day and he, he, uh, he went to, he went to class and we have class about the same time. This is first semester and we're both sitting there, um, later in the day. And I was like, Hey, um, you know, for going to class at the same time, do you think you could just give me a smack in the face to wake me up? Cause you, you know, we leave at the same time every day. And he's like, he's like, that's not my problem, uh, but he's right. It isn't his problem. Yeah. So it's, you know, that was, that was hard for me too, to I'm, get myself I, up. <laughs> I might have, might relate to Blaine a little bit. There've been a couple of times when my roommate Lance has not woken up and I kind of just am like, he's going to be mad at me if I wake him up. You give him a couple shakes and, and I, 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 I would just like whisper in his ear. I'd be like, Lance, Lance. And, and if he doesn't respond after three, I'm like, all right, I tried. He reaches up and he, you know, pats your head yeah, and he's yeah. like, shh, let me go. <laughs> I'll let him sleep. It's not my problem at that point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess Lance is, Lance is a character. Lance is love, great. I love Lance. Yeah. I love Lance too. <laughs> oh, anyways, I should rail us back on topic here. Um, Bummer. Yeah, I know. It's a shame. <laughs> I, I, I could talk for my love for Lance all, <laughs> all night. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Maddie, I also wanted to ask um, about I, I ask people typically about the setting of the story um, or the world in which the story takes place. Um, I, I'm going to have to change this question because it's not really a world that you can enjoy so mm-hmm. much or like yeah. you get lost in. 
Um, but is there something that you think is like fascinating about the design of the world or some of the rules that they have in place or just from a writing standpoint maybe of what you thought was interesting that they included? Um, well, I guess the fact, obviously, that it's a cautionary tale for our current society is mm. very interesting. Um, I guess, like, the rules of Gilead are very strict and, like, what you don't ever want to see in a society. Like, no freedom for women whatsoever. They're seen as objects. Like, yeah. Do you think a lot of that applies? Because <laughs> I, I know, it, was it written in 80s, 70s? I believe it was the 80s. 80s, I think. I think it was, yeah, I think it was around then. Um, do you think a lot of that still is prominent in our society today, like compared to when they wrote it? Or the, um, the author wrote it? Like, is it still important? Like, do you think it's still, like, more relevant, relevant? than it was then? Or, like, what, what's your stance on it, I guess? Yeah, I would say, if not about as relevant, I would say even more relevant now, especially with, like, everything with abortion and healthcare rights, all those kind of things, like tying it to that, I think it's a lot more relevant now. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, not to steal the words from you or copy or whatever, even though. Do you have any original thoughts? <laughs> no, none. That's why I made this podcast, so other people could talk for me. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, I, I was gonna agree with you. I feel like it's definitely more relevant now than it ever has been. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I don't know, with everything being put on a social media, you really see a lot more um, I guess treatment of mm-hmm. how women are actually treated in our society mm-hmm. and how I think as guys we should definitely be striving it, it, to do exactly. a lot better and like I don't want to be a broken record but like I mean abortion was Roe v. Wade was passed in 70s 60s some, sometime around then and this book is being written after that and it's almost like the author kind of like can see how this might be overturned and how it might be like a not to like fear monger but like a forewarning like one right is taken away what Mm -hmm. stops another one and another one and another one I think it's also just a generally good tale of like don't let one group or religious sect or whatever it is in the book I can't remember I think it's I think it's more religious but yeah I I think it's just like don't let too many people gain power and start to you know take things Mm -hmm. uh, away like that political conversation especially like in today's society is pretty annoying I would mm-hmm. say it gets old very fast but I agree. my uh, um, American civics teacher back in high school always said that like some disagreement is better than no disagreement mm-hmm. just because disagreement also brings forth new and better ideas because you usually find a median and no disagreement usually goes with you pick whatever's the most popular which could be bad mm-hmm. 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 I think one of um at least what I remember reading, I remember there was a scene where um, the, what was her name again, Offred, is that her mm-hmm. name? Um, she, she's like at home with her husband and all the rules are coming out and everything and he's like, I'll, I'll protect you. Like he's yeah. not like standing with her. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting detail to throw in because it's like the, it's like the people that are supposed to be on your side still aren't doing it the right way. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that's definitely like an interesting like gray area. I watched, um, Get Out recently. So um, good. It's really good. So good. Have you seen it? it? It's amazing. It's really good. I, Jordan Peele, I have a crush on him. Like he, <laughs> he probably has made three of my like top fifteen movies. It's incredible. Yeah, I thought it. I thought it was really well done. I liked it a lot, and 
I was looking up because he has such deep messages in yes, his movies, and sometimes I can't read it. So I'm like, oh, it's just about like, <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, YouTube. I'm a simple man. <laughs> I, I Google ending explain. <laughs> but I was I was looking at some of the commentary on there, and I thought it was really interesting because it's like it's not the like alt right like uh, like you know deep south like people he's like talking about. I mean, it's like he, the, yeah, he's talking about people with like a white savior complex. Yeah, with and like that the, the that's very crazy to just to be like one of my favorite. Not to go too off topic, but like. I studied that film last year in my film study class. Mm. So, like, Interesting. Uh, I fell even more in love with it after that. But, like, my favorite part is when uh, the main character goes to the girlfriend's house. Mm-hmm. And, spoiler alert, the, those people are bad. But, like, <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, they're not great. My favorite part is when he is introducing himself to the family. The, uh, the dad, who ends up being, like, the worst of them all, is, like, you know, if Obama ran another a uh, third time, I would have voted for him. And, like... I've heard that so many times from like other people in like real world. So it's crazy to be like, he's not, Jordan Peele is not attacking, you know, these like crazy people. He's attacking these people that think they're doing good when they're actually harming. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. And yeah, I think it directly re- relates back to um, what they're saying. Like you, it's about the, the people who are moderate or the people who stand off to the side mm-hmm. and what their real reaction is. Cause you know, maybe they could have started a whole movement. You never know. Mm-hmm. Maybe Alfred's the leader of the revolution. Maybe. Who knows? I don't. I guess we'll never know. I re- only read 20% of the book. <laughs> better than me. I, I've read uh, about 0% of the book. So. I'm glad we're prepared. Yes. But I did watch a recap of the series. So I'm so proud of you. That's where my knowledge yeah, kind of stops. I haven't finished the even second season, so I'm, I'm not watching anything So don't about spoil it, yeah, Carson. Don't spoil I don't really series. remember anything, so we won't have to worry about that. <laughs> um, we did get into this a little bit here, but... Um, one of, the, one of the last questions I have for you here is, uh, what, do you, what do you think the story is trying to say? Um, what kind of message would you gather from it? And are there mm. themes that are favorites of yours? Mm. Okay. That's a lot. I know, it's yeah. a lot. Take, <laughs> take your time, That's Carson. A big one. Carson and I banter. Sure. Okay. So what's your favorite holiday? Ooh. Um, can I go by season? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I would say in the winter, it's definitely Christmas. I'm okay. a Christmas guy. I'm a Christmas guy as well. Call me Chris Kringle. They they call you that? No, I do. They call you that down in Kentucky. Uh, no, I, I think I, I think I'll start calling you that. That's a bad oh, you know, idea. Oh, you know, Chris. only around, only Chris around Christmas time. But then spring, I would say maybe. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, St. Patrick's Day. Love green. So. Me too. That's my. Name. And then the summer, of course, my birthday. You know. That's your holiday. Yeah, best holiday <laughs> on planet Earth. And then in the fall, Halloween. Well, I guess we've learned that. My new favorite summer holiday is also Carson's birthday. <laughs> what day do you celebrate that, Patrick? Um, the June. June, yeah. Four, close, close. Seventy-two. No. <laughs> June second. You're oh, close. Yeah, it's my girlfriend's birthday. Hey. What a time! What a time to be alive. Your two most loved people. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're definitely there. <laughs> Get right next to her. Number right. one, girlfriend's number two. <laughs> you think we've bantered long enough? Um, yeah, that's definitely enough panther. All right, sweet. Yeah. Manny, thoughts? Okay. Um, I guess a big message about it is speaking up when you can and standing up for yourself when you can because you never know when anything can change. And, you know, when the handmaids try to act out or do something against the rules, they get punished. I remember, I don't remember what her name was, but she got stoned by the other handmaids because she didn't follow the rules. Nice. 
Yeah. Not nice, but like. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> right. Good, good point. Good point. Good. Yes. Excellent point. <laughs> you can tell we script these things. <laughs> we prepare very well. Yeah. <laughs> we know our audience. So yeah, stand up. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree. I, agree. I mean, I, agree. I don't want to toot Patrick's horn here too much, but a really good example of this, and the most recent example I have is the other day uh, we had a spe- guest speaker come in for our God. philosophy class and he was talking about like the poverty line in certain countries and um, he had very good like points and he very, made very good arguments but there was one point I, I want to say before this happens Professor John, if you happen to listen to this I still very much respect you as a person <laughs> and I don't think anything ill of you though I am glad that Xavier beat Marquette okay yeah. <laughs> But uh, there was one point that Professor Nidujan brought up and how, like, the United States poverty is bad and it's something that doesn't be fixed, but at least it isn't as poor as other countries. Mm-hmm. And immediately I kind of was like, like, I was kind of like, that's kind of confusing. Like, I feel like it's definitely, like, you know, no offense, but like a cheap way out to, like, ignore problems. Mm-hmm. Like... If I was unhappy at some point, I wouldn't be like, well, at least I'm not as unhappy as this person because ignoring a problem just makes it worse over time. And I was going to say something, but then um, Professor Frankel <laughs> called on our, our lovely host, professor. our philosophy professor from last semester, called on my best friend Patrick and was like, <laughs> Patrick, what do you think about it? And uh, Patrick gave some good points, but tying into what Maddie was talking about, just how like standing up, like, if you don't agree with something, like, actually getting your point across, because more than likely, most people in the class did agree with you there. Just a lot of us were probably afraid to say anything. Well, to be fair, I didn't want to speak up, but I was forced. <laughs> you were, yeah. Um, but since, since I'm gaining all the honor and the valor from this, I will agree that standing up is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just about doing what you can when you can. Exactly. Um, it's always like that old, I guess that old adage, like, did you guys have that thing in like middle school or high school where it's like, if you see something, like say something. Say something, yeah. It's really true. I though. had a whole talk about that. Wow. Very captivating. I'm sure that was fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was a good time for yeah, everyone. But I would, I would say that's definitely like one of the biggest points of that story. Just mm-hmm. like, obviously our current, you know, government or society is not as extreme as it, as it is in the story, but. Who's to say if we just continue to be complacent and just watch things kind of fall in line, what could happen? Like, we never know. I feel like it's good. Um, it's a good, like, reminder um, of what things could be. Because I feel like that's one of the U.S.'s strongest points. And going going back to, um, like, this speaking up thing, like, I mean, people don't look at the U.S. government all the time and they're like, Oh well, honestly, thank God this is better than China. Like no, like <laughs> no. nobody nobody says that. People you, are always trying yeah, to. You strive for the best. People like, are trying to debate things and improve things and try and make things better. And that's why democracy is such a powerful tool. Because mm-hmm. eventually, if you want it bad enough, you can bribe a senator. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, sorry. I mean, you, you can could change get, it. <laughs> you could get George Santos to lie for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you could. But yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, things could be a lot worse. But for sure. I'm glad that we're able to change things that are good into things that are better or great there's also still much room for improvement yeah i would say in today's society especially in terms of women's rights just there's always room for improvement especially there i agree Mm -hmm. um and then lastly our last question for you here maddie 
Um, now this is, this is another big one. So if you oh. need us to banter, you let, us, right. you let us know. Um, is there anything that this, this story has inspired you to create or think about in your own life? And if so, what would that be? If not, how does the story influence your life on a daily basis? And have you learned any lessons from the story that you practice regularly? Okay. Are you um, done? Yeah, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done reading the question script. <laughs> um, I guess what made me what it made me think about more was just like my place in society and um, obviously my rights and how they are in danger if we don't do something to keep them and speak up for ourselves. Um, and I guess just, like, since I read it, I've been not necessarily, like, very, um, like, strict on following news, but I feel like I pay attention to more stories in the news than I usually did before. I think that's good, too. A lot of people, I, I to, to my own detriment, probably, I ignore a lot of the stuff in the news, but I always pay attention to the important things, yeah. I'd like to mm -hmm. think, but I could be a little bit better on it. Yeah, I used to be, like, my grandpa would always have the news on, so like I would always hate having the news on. But I feel like probably over COVID, just like when all like a lot of politics, like during the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff like that, when politics became as big as it is today, yeah, I feel like I really started to pay more attention. Yeah, I think it's a lot more just issues that you care about. Yeah. So it's right. nice. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, honestly, I uh, I don't have any more questions for you, Maddie. If you'd like to add anything, feel free to talk to the people. But I don't think I have anything else to add. Right. Okay, cool. Thank God. I, I mean, sorry. <laughs> I mean, sorry. I mean, nothing. <laughs> 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 oh, let's never bring Maddie back. <laughs> no. When I'm right here. Yeah, yeah, right there. Oh. Patrick, I, does, Patrick I, does, I does not filter. Yeah, it's it's how I treat Carson all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you you kind of get used to it, honestly. Yeah. You, yeah. you had to see me for like thirty minutes, like this whole week, and imagine I, when Carson. Goes I, I see him every day. day. It's it's, it's, it's a blessing for the first five, and then a curse for the next two hours. <laughs> That's the way I kind of look at it. Oh, hi, Patrick. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> um. Anyways, guys, we're gonna wrap this up here. So, um, if you enjoyed listening, make sure to uh, check out our back catalog of a bunch of different episodes where I interview Carson, decide that I want to bring him on the show, and then we talk to Jack. Yeah. Um, or when I talk to podcast manager Jesse about Lord of the Rings stuff, or when I talk to my roommates about what some of their interests and stories are. Um, but yeah, uh, or if you're interested in anything else, save your newswire, go and uh, go and check out all the different pod podcasts. I hear Girl Boss Cube is doing pretty well. So yeah. Um, anyways, uh, Carson and I are going to say goodbye, so yeah. we'll, uh, we'll see you later.